Welcome to the PWH Podcast. I'm Pastor Kyle Bauer. I've got an awesome guest in the studio with me today, which is my brother, Brian Bauer. Older brother. Older brother. Much by, older. By 18 months. Uh, he and his wife, Melissa, they pastor uh, a church down in San Marcos, California, which is just in the San Diego area. Grace yep. San Marcos. God's country. God's country. Um, if you, uh, when you compare it to Northridge... Yeah. So when we went down to San Diego, uh, we saw we saw um, John Maxwell, who used to pastor in San Diego. And so we told him, hey, we just moved in the area. We're pastoring there. And his response was, well, it doesn't take much of a call to come to San Diego. <laughs> That's what people said to us when we were missionaries in Mexico. We were in Puerto I, Vallarta. I think it takes more of a call to go to Mexico, quite uh, frankly. Yeah, a little bit. But, but they're, saying, they're saying, oh, my God, oh, wow, you're going to Puerto Vallarta, mm. tours. It's like, bro, we're not living on the cruise ships, all right? Mm. Once, <laughs> once you get 50 yards off the tourist traps, you're back in central Mexico. And I got kidnapped. Yeah. <laughs> Other than that, it went great. Other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how was the play? Yeah, wonderful. <laughs> So my brother, um, it's actually really cool. My my wife and I, we pastor here in Southern California, the northern part of Southern California in the L.A. area, Northridge. My uh, Our sister and yes. her husband, they pastor in the Sacramento area. They yes, pastor, Northern California. Which is a nice place to live, too. Yeah. And then your older brother has the best piece of the pie in San Diego. So there it is. <laughs> Indeed. So I'm really happy to have Brian on, uh, Brian Bauer on with me. And so, hey, before we jump into it, I just want to remind you, you can follow us on our podcast on YouTube, P- uh, Pathway Home YouTube. So subscribe to us there. Instagram, pwh.tv, which is also our URL website, pwh.tv. We have live services every Tuesday night, 7 p.m. Pacific time. And so I want to invite you to join us there. Also on the screen should be appearing a phone number if you want to join the PWH community and get updates and and how to connect. We're working on greater connection with those who are in the PWH community, those who come on Tuesday nights. So you can also follow us on TikTok at Pathway Home. So that's where you can follow us. You can also get podcasts wherever they're released, Google, Spotify, Apple, Anchor, and a couple others that I can't remember right now. But they're there. You can find it on SoundCloud, too. Wow. Pathway Home, PWH, that's where we're at. I download all your podcasts on all of those platforms. See, my brother gets his inspiration for his Sunday morning sermons from these podcasts. That's right. I just I just download the notes. I just verbatim every week. <laughs> he may be the older brother, but I'm the inspiration. There's a lot of... <laughs> falsehoods in this early part of this podcast but other than that it's going great well i was talking with my brother about um just some things that he would like to talk about and things that are going on in his life in the church and he said he's been preaching through a sermon called what five i am statements that everyone needs to know that's not the title because that's a terrible title but there's five things that every believer needs to know about their life this is the dna of our church at grace 
And so one of the things that we saw is that as we started to regather from COVID, the church looked dramatically different. There's people that left. There's people that come. There's people that moved to Texas. I don't know if you have that here in in Los Angeles, but in San no, Diego, everybody is perfectly happy. Yeah, with there's everything in Los Angeles. Yeah, I mean it's it's shocking that people would leave San Diego to go to places like Idaho or Nashville, but it, it happens. It's shocking. And so <laughs> as we as we regathered in this in this season. I felt like we needed to establish or reestablish the DNA of who we are as the church. And I believe that there's five things that every believer needs to know about themselves. All right. Launch into it. Tell me. I mean, I don't know if you're ready, if you're ready for all of this. <laughs> well, these five I am statements, Jesus said that gave I am statements in the book of John defining who he is. Now, I believe that there's statements of who we are as believers. The first one is that I am found, that Jesus finds us. And then we see it in the parables of the lost sheep, the lost coin, the, the prodigal son. We know those stories. And, and we understand that with it, that we are no longer lost, but we are found. But Jesus doesn't just come and find us and leave us broken and destitute on the side of the road. And which comes to the point number two is that not only are we found, but I am healed. I think that's so important because when you look at the parable of the lost sheep, it says that the shepherd finds that sheep and then puts him on his shoulders and brings him back into into fellowship. You know, I think so many people, they recognize that their salvation's in Jesus Christ, but then they live in the brokenness of their past. And there's healing. You know, the gospel is holistic, and it touches every aspect of our life, body, soul, and spirit. And so that healing that's available to us today through the cross for our physical body, for our mind, for our soul, for our eternal soul, all of that's available. And so I'm found, number one, I'm healed, number two. But God doesn't just heal us to let us live a fat, dumb, and happy life. Number three is that I am called. And that it's in Ephesians that it talks about that we are his workmanship. And we are created for good works in Christ Jesus. And so that there's this place where God calls us, calls every person into the ministry. I know that that's something that you've been passionate about, Kyle, in your own congregation that people understand how God has uniquely gifted them to to be ministers. The thing that we've been doing here at Pathway, which as we as we get on over the months and years at PWH, I'd like to see happen more and more online, but that needs to develop some more. But what we're doing on ground is um releasing a spirit of the prophetic mm -hmm. and that we don't have professional ministers here. Yeah. I'm a pastor. Yeah. I'm a pastor of the church. You pastor your church. Uh, but people want to rely on the pastor. That, oh my gosh. When something happens, call the pastor. I need prayer. Call the pastor. Well, that's actually not biblical. That's okay. But it makes us feel better. So it's okay. <laughs> Ephesians chapter four says that Jesus has given some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers so that those that fivefold ministry uh, equips the saints for the work of the ministry. That word equips in the Greek is actually the word perfect. It's the word teleos for and all of you Greekophiles out there. Yeah, I'm taking notes. <laughs> Again, his Sunday morning sermon is going to turn up. So slow down. I'm, 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 I can't write that fast. <laughs> so uh, that fivefold ministry is to perfect to the saints. That word teleos, the, the perfection is not 
uh, how we think about it in English. Perfection is like, I will never sin again. I'll never make an error again. And that's just not reality. Perfection has to do with full maturity. Mm-hmm. That it is our job as pastors to help people grow into what God has destined their life to be. And so it's it's not a professional minister. Somebody in our, my church needs prayer. They can go to anybody in that church who is a child of God mm-hmm. and receive prayer. It's almost as if the Bible was true when it said that we are a royal priesthood and a chosen generation. It's almost as if that's in there. And that's up. That's the goal in which we're living. It's almost as if we're trying to live it out. Interesting. In the Bauer household, there was, uh, well, we tended to drip a little bit with sarcasm, Mm. (laughs) but in a healthy way. Yeah, Uh, probably not. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, the Bible is true. We are a chosen uh, and royal priesthood, chosen generation. We are anointed by God. We all have the same Holy Spirit. Absolutely. We are all the children of God, and God loves us all equally and can have the same relationship with everybody equally if they choose to pay the price and follow him the way the Bible says. Yep. So we come to the fact that every one of us is found in Christ. He comes after us. Number two, that we're all healed and that healing is available. We don't have to struggle with our yesterdays when Christ paid for it all. Number three, that we're called and that that you are called into the ministry. But number four is that you are blessed. Every believer is blessed and not just blessed a little, but blessed a lot. And we're blessed to be a blessing. In fact, it's you know, I preached on this Sunday. It was so good. You hadn't done this message yet, so I don't know if everyone else, uh, maybe it wasn't as good as normal. <laughs> but the, the reality is that I was thinking if the Apostle Paul came into your Sunday service and you had him preach on Sunday, what would he preach on? And I think that he would preach on the fact that we are blessed as children of God. You'd be seated in Ephesians chapter 1 where he says, I pray for the eyes of your understanding to be enlightened, to know the riches of the inheritance that you have in Christ Jesus. And uh, wait, just just hold on for that that just the, just a moment. The riches of the inheritance that you have in Christ Jesus, mm-hmm. because we 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 hear verses like that and we just blow right through it. Yeah, no. So in our it, culture today, we we have this this thought that the uber wealthy they need to pay their fair share. We have you know you know if if Bill Gates or or Bezos or or Zuckerberg or any of those guys. They came on on the scene. They 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 are so wealthy. They have so many billions of dollars that they have to just give it away, because because it's a moral responsibility for them to have that, yeah, whether they, you agree or not. By themselves, they could carry the United States' twenty five trillion dollar debt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> However, as believers. We have the inheritance of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We have an inheritance of eternity. And Paul says that it is a glorious inheritance It's and he, that the eyes of our understanding need to be enlightened and opened to realize the depth of that inheritance. We are all incredibly blessed as believers, yet we live as orphans and we live with a spirit of poverty saying, oh, I just, if I can only scrape by. No, God did not create us. God did not find us, heal us, and call us so that we can barely scrape by. He has blessed us with, he's blessed us with the gospel, that we are to, to share that. He's blessed us with our time, talent, and treasure, and we're to share that. He's blessed us with the Holy Spirit, and we are to share that. And so if Paul was going to come into your service on Sunday, 
He's going to he's going to let everyone know. I want the eyes of your understanding to be open to what the resources that you have available to you in the spirit. And then you you open up and you read Romans 12 and 1 Corinthians 12. I don't know why both chapters 12 talks about how the the gifts of the spirit are to operate within within the church, but he lets everyone know everyone is blessed to minister, to blessed to be a blessing. And with that, that is how we are to live as believers. That we are, you know, in in Romans twelve, he says, "Listen, those of you who have who have gifts of the spirit, and spoiler alert, it's everybody. Go use them. Go use right. those gifts." And so, in the same way that we look at, in a cultural context, we look at those people who are uber wealthy, and we say, "Oh, they need to be sharing." No, no, every believer is uber wealthy in the spirit, and we are being given these spiritual gifts that literally in the Greek means gifts of grace. We didn't earn these gifts. The Holy Spirit was given to the church not because we deserved it, not because Peter was super awesome as he's chopping off people's ears. It, he's been and denying Christ. I mean, clearly he earned his gift of grace. And <laughs> we are given those gifts of grace to give them away. We are blessed to be a blessing. And Ephesians chapter 2 also talks about we are talking about the inheritance, the, the riches of the inheritance we have in in heaven in spiritual places. Mm -hmm. Ephesians chapter two says we are seated in the heavenly realms, in those same spiritual places where we have that incredibly uh, wealthy inheritance with Jesus Christ himself. And then you jump over to Revelation 3.21 and it said, Jesus says this, I believe it's to the church of Laodicea. He says, to those who overcome, I will grant them to sit on my throne just hold on for a second. I will grant them to sit on Jesus's own throne, just as I overcame and sat on my father's throne. Hmm. So what destiny do we really have? What glory awaits us? What glory and resources are available to us? If in a, at least two places, Ephesians 2 and Revelation 3, it says we are seated with Jesus in heavenly places on his throne as we overcome what why do people live in fear why do they live in poverty why do they live in anxiety and depression when they literally have the throne of jesus available to them and every romans talks about we are co-heirs with jesus the same jesus of whom it said has been given all authority and all things well and this is what what paul is reminding timothy of in second timothy chapter one where he says listen i want you to remember that there's generations that have gone before you that have followed the lord and i want you to remember not to live in a spirit of fear but of power love and a sound mind and stir up the gifts of the holy spirit that are that is inside of you you know paul's exhortation paul's encouragement to that young pastor was to allow the gifts of the Spirit to be stirred up inside of us. And that's why if Paul were to come into our church on a Sunday morning and preach, this is what he's going to be preaching on, because he understood whether it was to the church in Rome, or whether it's the church in Ephesus, or whether it's to a young pastor in Timothy, or whether it's the church in in Corinth. He's saying, you need to understand that the Holy Spirit has been given to every single person, and it is for the benefit of all, it is for the profit of all, and ministry doesn't flow from me to you. It flows uh, It flows from each other to each other. And in the same way that there's a diversity of ministry, there's a diversity of gifts, there's a diversity of activity, all the same God, all the same spirit. And when that is happening, there's a health and a vitality that happens 
in the church. I, how how different does church look on a Sunday morning where rather than saying, oh, I hope the worship team sings my favorite song, <laughs> or I, I hope the preacher finally preaches a good message and I don't fall asleep, <laughs> and we instead we ask the question. Maybe your preacher needs to listen to this mm, podcast. Am I right, Brian? <laughs> yeah, I know I do. I know I do. But what if we came into church on a Sunday morning and we, and said, what is it that the Lord has to give through me? What is the gift of grace that I have received that he wants to flow through my life to someone else in this congregation? Man, you're preaching my messages. Mm. You're preaching my messages because that's what I've been talking about to my church too. And, and you asked the question, what would church look like? Listen, I'm not going to tell you that I have it all completely figured out. I know because I've been listening to your messages. <laughs> but w- the Holy Spirit dropped something on me a few weeks ago. And we started implementing something in our church that maybe your church does this where it's, it, they do prayer circles. I know we grew up in a church where they did that every Sunday. Mm-hmm. Prayer circles where three or four people during the service would get would, would uh, uh, form a little group and we'd pray for each other's needs. And we would minister to each other. The gifts are for the body. The body heals the body. Mm-hmm. And um, But I, I kind of took it a step further than that. I made it even more awkward and uncomfortable. That's great. And I'm not even mad about it. Maybe somebody in the church is, but I'm not. And I'm going to keep doing it until we all learn to do it well. So what I say is I, I want you to, for the next four or five minutes, I want you to get up. I want you to find somebody you don't know. And I want you to do a very brief introduction. Hi, I'm Kyle. Hi, I'm Brian. That's it. And then you ask the Holy Spirit to give you something to pray for them. Maybe it's a scripture verse that comes to your mind. Maybe, maybe it's a word of knowledge that God just drops some understanding and you understand about the situation. That's one of the gifts of the spirit in first Corinthians 12. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's, maybe it's a, a vision or a picture in your head that God just shows you something. Uh, what I tell him is I said, we're not going to prophesy births. We're not going to prophesy dates. We're not going to prophesy marriages. Mm, I, <laughs> that doesn't sound right to me. And I, I mean, how high school is that to say, I think the Lord is telling me that we're going to get When married. I come into a prayer circle, I like to play matchmaker. I just <laughs> well, feel like that's my spiritual gift. Yeah. Well, I, I t- and I've told, the, I've told the congregation, I said, if you do that, I will call you out to the entire congregation as the weird guy. And don't try me because I'll do it. You know, you don't, you don't have to, I mean, this reality is, is you don't have to call them out. They self-identify themselves at that point. <laughs> yeah. I'm just, I'm just underscoring it so that everybody is aware. Uh, but no, we don't do it like that. We're not going to say, well, I, you know, I, I, I sense this great deep sin in your life and I'm here to call you out. No, we're not there. Prophecy is for encouragement. Prophecy is to build people up. Prophecy is to be done in love and humility and no prophecy of is, is of any private interpretation. Absolutely. And so when I say prophesy over somebody, it's not predicting the future. It's not predicting a wedding date or a birth. It's saying, what is God saying? And if you say, you know, it's John three sixteen for you, for God so loved the world and he loves you. If that's what God gave you, boom, you don't even know how that might minister to a person. We've only done this for, uh, I don't know, several weeks now. And the, the, testimonies that have already come in. And I'll, I'll say to the congregation pretty frequently, I'll say, Hey, how many of you received a prayer from somebody that was just right on the money? Probably three quarters of the hands yeah. in the room go up. And, and I'll have people telling me all the time, man, the person I didn't even know they were, it's like they read my mail. Mm. 
And, and I, and I'll tell the congregation, how awesome is that? How naturally supernatural is that all you had to, the Bible says in the book of Psalms, open your mouth and I will fill it. All you need. And I tell them, what's the worst? I don't know how to prophesy. And it's so awkward. And I don't know what to say. I said, what's the worst that can happen? You say, can I pray for you? Yeah. And say, and so you just start praying something and then God begins to fill your mouth with words to say that you did not premeditate. And it just becomes this supernatural event that speaks into a person's life. People get healed. People get delivered. People get uh, the, uh, freed from stuff because somebody they didn't know trusted the Holy Spirit enough to use their gift and say, God, touch this person and use me to do it naturally supernatural. Absolutely. It's awesome. Well, I think that that's what the church needs to be in this season is a supernatural church. There's different kind of models of church that we've gone through over the last, whether it's seeker sensitive or whether it's it's word heavy or spirit. I, I believe that the church in this season needs to be a supernatural church. And that's always what it was intended to be. When we talk, when we talk, when people talk about, hey, we just need to get back to what the early church was or, you know, what what does that look like? The church was always meant to be a supernatural church. That's why Jesus said, don't leave Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you, and you will receive power to be my witnesses to the end of, ends of the earth. And I believe in this season that there's a stepping into the supernaturalness of the church that is in, that is important. Absolutely. That's, and that's, that's what I've been preaching. That's what I believe. And I, I, there's been a dissatisfaction in me for years now. Dissatisfaction about church. Not because of the people of the church or anything like that, but just a general sense that the church, especially in the United States, is weak. We we tend see. I, I live in two worlds. I live in the English speaking world, and I live in the Spanish speaking world. The Spanish speaking world tends towards a heavy handed religiosity that that beats people into submission. The English speaking church tends towards the carnality of the culture. And being infected with the culture and becoming more like the culture instead of more like Jesus. Those are the, uh, those are very broad general terms, but I've been dissatisfied. It's because you see weakness in the church, both in the Hispanic and both in the English side, the worlds I live in. And I've been dissatisfied and I've been seeking the Lord and saying, Lord, I'm tired of this. I want the supernatural. I want to see you in your unrestrained power and all of your people walking into it. Absolutely. Well, I think that the the carnality of the um, uh, of the English speaking American church was only revealed in this in this or only exposed more greatly in this last year as we adopted the fear of the culture rather than living in the faith of the of the word and the faith of of living in a supernatural world. You know, the reality is, is that oh, by every, step on somebody's toes here, oh, no, I'm going to hurt somebody's feelings. And if I cared about that, <laughs> that would be a problem. You know, it, it almost reminds me in John chapter six, 66, the disciples turned to Jesus and it's, it's, it's John six, 60 to 66. So John six, 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 right. Oh, I know uh, yeah. exactly what that verse says. Yeah. You know, Jesus turns to his disciples and said, are you, what are you guys going to get offended to? Or are you going to walk away? And, and there's this place where Jesus didn't care about the people that he hurt their feelings are when he's stepping on the toes of the culture of the day. And the reality is, is that the vast majority of churches in this last year have seen their, their membership drop by about a minimum of 50%. We were even talking a couple before we started rolling on this is, you know, where are those are those people coming back? I, I don't know the answer to that as we sit, what, 14, 15 months in, from the pandemic. 
we chose to open our churches a year ago. Um, and actually exactly a year ago today. tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. And tomorrow, May 31st to 2020. We, uh, you open your church. I open my church and our sister and her husband opened their church. Yeah, yeah. It's almost as if it's almost as if a, 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 a hurting world needs an open church. And mm. so that sounds, I don't know. It would have been safer if we just stayed inside. However, We've we, this last year. We've seen, all of us have seen our churches grow. Somebody we've just seen, canceled you right now. Oh my gosh! <laughs> if I cared, that would be a problem. And you know, I quite frankly, this last year, I, I believe that for ministers, for pastors, and probably for other people as well, that the thing that was burned out of me that I saw was that there was the the fear of man was burned out. There was not a decision that I could make whether it was to open the church or close the church or talk about this or not talk about this that. Or I mean, should we talk about politics too? No, I mean we've we've had to cover so many issues over this last year that unless you're leading with prophetic vision, then and if you're trying to please man, then it would absolutely have crushed and destroyed you as as a spiritual leader over this last year. You had to lead with prophetic vision and discerning of the uh, and discernment to know what the Lord was saying for your unique culture and your unique context, and. Anything short of that was was uh, a weight that that is impossible to bear. And so, you know, the whole the 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 fear of man was was expressed in some churches. Actually, a lot of churches did this. And I don't want to I don't want to throw shade on anybody, but I had a fundamental uh, problem with this. Where should we open? Should we not open? And so they're polling their congregations. Should we open? Should we not? What do you guys think? Bro, you know, I bro. always I always ask my kid, "What do you want to eat for dinner?" Oh, ice cream again? That's fantastic. Let's have that. <laughs> right? Well, I mean, call me crazy, but I think the shepherd ought to lead the sheep. I mean, well, and I mean, it comes to the reality that that how, when we lead when we lead our sheep, it's and when we lead our congregations, whether we opened or closed the church, we no one was forcing anyone to come in person, no. and we were still providing everything online. We're just giving we're giving people opportunity to be able to engage with engage with the Lord and engage with the Spirit in a way that that deepens and strengthens their their faith. And so, you know, with that, with that, I mean, I, I think you and I could probably talk at length about all of this. But there's five things in the life of a believer. <laughs> is is Wait, that, go go through them again? Is it number one that you're found? Jesus finds you. You have inherent value. And whether, you know, it's interesting in that parable of the woman with the coin, when it says that she's sweeping the room in those rooms, that that bottom floor often would have been like a stable. So she's having to sweep through all of the the muck that the animals would leave behind. You can say it. I I said muck. (laughs) And uh, and that's not what you were thinking, though. I don't know. I I have have a pure heart and a clean mind. You were thinking poop. Mm. (laughs) Amen. She had to sweep through all that to find the coin. And so, and the Lord comes after us. And so number one, you're found. Number two, you're healed. Number three, you're called. Number four, you are blessed and you're blessed with the spirit. And number five is that I am revival. I am revival. The revival that we are praying for, the revival that we seek is what God wants to do in and through your life. And that you are the answer to the prayers that you have been praying. You living into your call, you living into with, with your gifting. That is the, that is the, the revival that we are praying for it needs to happen in you first. It's in Jeremiah that it says, 
that he says that the word of God was like fire in my bones and I grew weary holding it back. And there's, we're coming to a time where we can't hold back the word uh, and the spirit that God has put inside of us. It's time to let it rip. And when we let that happen, we're going to see revival in our culture. I love that, that you say, <clears throat> we are the answer to the prayer. Matthew chapter 9, at the very end, Jesus says, pray to the Lord of the harvest that he sends laborers into the harvest. The very beginning of Matthew chapter 10, he says, uh, Jesus pairs them up two by two and he sends them out. Mm -hmm. In other words, he said, pray to the Lord of the harvest that he sends harvesters. And he says, now you go. Yep. <laughs> You're the answer to the prayer. So giddy up. Yep. Get out of your house. Stop fearing COVID. Mm. It's time to go back to church. Well, the governor says it's okay. We're two, two weeks away. And, and it'll be legal for us to have church services. Isn't that great news? Yeah, it'll be safe. It'll be safe in two weeks, but yeah. it's not safe now. No. I actually don't know anybody. I've not known anybody for uh, the last maybe three months, uh, except for one guy in Texas. Um, I've not known anybody who even has COVID. Do you? None ring a bell. So for the last three months, neither you nor I, and I've asked this to several people. And every person, I, 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 when I say several, I mean maybe six or seven people I've asked this to now. Not one has said that they even know anybody who has COVID right now. Yeah, for us in for us in San Diego, we had we had a stretch in like November and December where it got a little bit hairy. Other than that, we've we've survived. Yeah, here we are. And you know, and and you know, it's not to diminish the 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 seriousness of people who have passed away or anything like that. But the reality is that the vast, vast, vast majority of people get well, we're looking, fine. we're looking at the, the cost. When we say that, that church attendance on a whole is down 50% uh, across America, that, that, that is a, that is a cost that is, that is generate uh, generationally costly because we're seeing, you're seeing kids that are out, out of Sunday school. You're seeing youth that are out of youth group. You're seeing families that are disconnecting. And th there's a cost for that. We know that we know from statistics that that the vast majority of people have their first encounter with the Lord prior to the 18. Mm -hmm. If we're taking if we're taking kids out of Sunday school, if we're taking kids out of youth group, then there's there's a generational cost to that. And so the the task now to the church is how are we going to make up the gap? Teachers are asking this question. We've had three and a half million people drop out of drop out of uh, uh, high school this last year, wow. and and we have to you know in that same way we're seeing those those numbers within the church. What are we going to do to to catch the people that have in this last year this year of disconnection? How are we going to going to connect those people back to the gospel? And I think that that's that's a question I don't necessarily know the answer to, but I think it's one when we talk about people living into the call that God has for them, it's it's stepping into knowing that you are the revival that you're praying for, that when you live as knowing that you're blessed by the Lord, blessed with his spirit, blessed with the gospel, blessed with your time, talent, and treasure, and your responsibility is to give that away because you have a glorious inheritance in Christ Jesus. You have all of the resources that you need and that he has prepared you. He's found you. He's healed you. He's called you. He's blessed you beyond your wildest imagination. And so what are you going to do with those resources? And it's, it's incumbent on us to go and do it. Well, that's, that's actually, you know, part of the answer to that question is, is, is why we're even doing this podcast. It, it's, it's, 
spreading as wide a net as possible to, to preach the gospel to as many as possible, who, as many who will listen. Maybe there are some people who are still living in fear and at home that haven't gone back to church or haven't been plugged into a church for a long time. And this can be a bridge or an on-ramp for you to get back into church, at least connect with our online community. And, and that can be a stepping stone to relationship that will bring you into a fuller life in the kingdom. But it doesn't happen only online. It's no. got to happen on ground. Well, it's the same way in, if in a marriage or in a, in a dating relationship. You can only be long distance for so long. And you know, my, if my marriage was was exclusively long distance, it wouldn't it wouldn't be as healthy as it would be. Well, in you wouldn't have any children. Well, that that's an excellent point. <laughs> and so, could you expand on that? <laughs> I think I think all of our listeners fully okay. understand. Well, maybe you can explain it to me later. <laughs> and so. But with that, you know, the, the importance of gathering together, you know, there's a discipline of fellowship, not just the discipline. You know, we look at the spiritual disciplines as we're going to pray, we're going to read our Bible, we're going to fast. Um, you know, the, everyone's favorite one is fasting. Uh-huh. Uh, we have the discipline of silence. We have a discipline of Sabbath. We have all these disciplines that we can practice. There's a discipline of fellowship that is going to have to be established in this new season because it's going to it, – there's a cost to that. And it's, a, it's going to be a, a struggle for some people. And one of the things that we've seen is the importance of, of the discipline of fellowship over this last year. I think that's absolutely right. <clears throat> Maybe you can preach my message on Sunday now. Fat chance of that. <laughs> but anyways, hey, it's been great having you. This has been a great conversation. I know we could probably extend this thing for another two hours. Everyone would love it. <laughs> and And so I want you to just minister for just a moment to anybody watching right now, people who maybe not know Jesus, maybe people are still deathly afraid of the virus. Maybe people uh, have gotten disconnected from the Lord and they just stumbled upon this podcast. What would you say to them? And I want you to just minister to them, pray for them mm-hmm. just for a couple minutes here. Yeah. You know, if, if that's, if that's you and, and you're, you're, there's a point of need that you have one, we have to know that the Lord is resource to you with his Holy Spirit. And today it's time to receive that. And so maybe, maybe you've never stepped into faith with Jesus Christ, or maybe you've walked with the Lord for a long time, but you're struggling in what that next step is. Whatever that next step that you need to take, take the step, take that step. Don't, don't wait till tomorrow. Take it right now. And if what that step for you to take, and we we talked about five things that, that you're found in Jesus Christ, that you're healed in you're healed in Jesus Christ, that you are called, that you are blessed, and that you are the revival that you've been praying for. Wherever that on that on that that ladder you are, take the next step into into what God has for you. So let's pray, dear Heavenly Father. I would pray for everyone who is who who is listening or watching uh, right now, Lord, that you would Lord, in the same way that Paul encouraged Timothy and stirred up the gift of faith inside of that, him. Lord, I would stir up faith inside of of everyone who is who is listening to this, and Lord, that there would be a, a the spiritual gift of faith that would rise up for them to take the next step in their walk with the Lord. That there would be that there would be fruit that would come from that. That there would be breakthrough that would come from that. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Hey, if you want to continue to co- uh, to connect on a more personal level with us, again, right now is appearing the phone number that you can just text to, you can become part of the PWH community. Every Tuesday night, 7 p.m. Pacific time, we've got live services at pwh.tv. Uh, 
TV. That is the URL. It's not the Instagram site. So pwh.tv, 7 o'clock, Tuesday, Pacific time. Um, connect with us. We want to continue to, to know you. We want to continue to pastor you. Um, we don't want you to just be a, a uh, Instagram handle out there. You are a real person with real needs uh, who needs to have a real encounter with Jesus. And we're doing our best online to, to make that connection with you and help you take that step into the kingdom of God and to real relationship in a church. So God bless you. Uh, every Friday we drop a new podcast. So keep tuned and we'll see you on Tuesday night. And then when our podcast drops next Friday, God bless you. We'll see you later.